cup coffee in here, please. You're listening to the Hoffy Coffee Cast with Reese Bolton and Reese Jones. Come on, get some coffee. Want some coffee? Okay, this guy needs coffee and cooler stack. Damn good coffee and hot. Um, how how's your Easter weekend going? It's good. I mean, it's, I'm trying to make it a bit chill. You try um, to make it a bit chill. Yeah, I mean, the weather's pretty good. So I've been like out and about trying to get some color at least, you know, so I don't look so much like uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> but um, how's how's your your been going? I wouldn't say you're that pale. That's a thing in general. <laughs> um. It's been good, really. Like I went out a few drinks with mates uh, last night, uh, but apart from that, I've just we've been playing a lot of Lego Star Wars, really. Because oh um, yeah, how is that? I enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. it. It's there are bit issues with the games, like right. the game, but in the weird way, you can see that the game went through development hell. Um, you can uh-huh. tell because some of the episodes like they've done are like really good. Other ones are kind of like. Eh, it's like, oh, this isn't really that great. Um but it's really enjoyable. I mean, like, it's it brings out your like because I grew up playing like Lego Star Wars games, the Lego Batman games, the Lego Indiana Jones games and stuff like that. Even Lego Harry Potter games. So playing this, I was just like, yeah, i I have to buy this. And uh, my in my YouTube is just full of just like of memes of it. It's so funny. Um it's really good. Um but it's because you can play all nine uh, films, yeah, and they have like some some of the levels are really good, and you've got exploration as well, so you can visit like all the major uh, planets that are in all the game, but in all the films, and you mm. can go there and you can like you can go uh, explore the planets and stuff. Oh, it's pretty, cool. it's pretty good. It's like it's like it, it's enough to keep you entertained for like a while. Um, but it's it's cool playing like like I was playing the um, the 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 more battle between Darth Maul and Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Oh, Naboo. And it, okay. Yeah. And um, the levels called Better Call Maul. Oh my um, god! There's so many pop culture references in the game. Uh... And um, it's so cool. Can you get this fight? But also, it's like they made like Darth Maul like a boss fight. So. Um, and they have like the music playing in the background as well. Do and, the, and, and the nice. design is like really from they perfectly got it from the film. Nice. So it just brings back a whole nostalgia. It's yeah. it's a it's a huge nostalgia game to be have honest. Have you um I know you can do this. Um have you changed the dialogue set into mumble? I I have done, but I do like talking. Uh I don't know, see like I like the mumbles. Like I I remember mum- playing like the sort of like old like Star Wars stuff and like you know in the Indiana Jones and like the Batman stuff as well, and yeah, I I thought it was pretty funny. I like he was just like really like I don't know, the, you know the he was like cartoony, wasn't it? And then they yeah, made like Lego, yeah. Lego Lord of the Rings, and they actually used like dialogue from the films. Yeah, yeah. And it was really weird. Yeah, I I, I haven't seen like any sort of like um gameplay for the new Lego Star Wars, so I can't really say. But um, it's very it's 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 very good. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, um, cause again with level games, like you need certain characters to actually do stuff to get like do puzzles and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so some of the flight, like you could do um, 
you could do like uh, space fights battles oh, nice. in space. Yeah. And I know I picked up the uh, the Razor Crest. Oh, so nice. I've been using the Razor Crest quite a lot. Oh, right. The question though, um, does it have a lot of like things from the Clone Wars? Um, they're starting bringing out uh, DLC characters, but I don't know whether they can bring out any DLC kind of expansions of like Rogue One, Solo, and stuff like that. Because you can pick up. I mean, I paid like an extra ten quid and picked up the um, the you get the the Rogue One characters and yeah. the Mandalorian season one, and then Solo. But then you get other ones coming out. So the Bad Batch ones is coming out soon. And then you got the Mandalorian season two ones as well. Ooh, so okay. um, there are some Clone Wars stuff. There's no Clone Wars missions, but you can pick up some Clone Wars characters. But obviously, they're like huh. they're trying to they're trying to add more stuff to go along to keep like you know more people playing it. Yeah, well, I suppose they you know, they want like you, they want to spend more money, isn't it? And I know that's yes. like cynical, but that's it's a money making like yeah. Goal, and I'm not gonna lie, I would pay money to play like Rogue One kind of like oh, ep- yeah. episode like and levels on that or even like solo or even like the mandalorian i mean yeah like rogue one it was iconic i think yeah and um i'm trying to think of like different stuff yeah so like you'd have the mandalorian then you could have like one of the characters with the dark saber how cool is that yeah oh my god i i played um so Lego Star Wars three was purely just the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, the Clone and, Wars one. Yeah. Oh my god, it was really cool though. Like, um, they put like a lot of characters from like Legends in it as well. So they put um, uh, they, you know, they put like Star Killer and stuff in it. That's brilliant. Oh my god, it was so fun. But there's some, um, yeah, there's some really cool dialogue because if you pick like certain characters, like if you pick like Young Anakin Skywalker and then you pick like, Darth Vader. They have a conversation with each other. Oh, that's cool. And it's it's like Anakin Skywalker is like young like young episode one Anakin Skywalker is like, oh, who are you? <laughs> and it's like you were no in time, child. <laughs> it's like Darth wow. Vader says that. Time it's, child. <laughs> it's it, it's it's brilliant. Um Oh my god. It, it, you're it, you're, it, you're it, retelling it, it to me, actually. No, it's a it's like a big love letter to Star Wars, like fans. Oh nice. And oh, obviously, it's, it's like it's so funny because it's like um, it's like a really meme. That's always meme. It's like me. Um, it's like me go in the in the in the, like GameStop. It was like, oh, your kids are going to enjoy this game, and it's like me, like twenty five years old, playing it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like grown men it. playing Lego Star Wars. You gotta love it. I mean, naturally. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We grew up on it. This is nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah. Apparently, though, The Last Jedi, people rating that as the worst episode level, uh, episodes for the game. Well, and I was like, I mean, like, look, like... look, I mean, like, Last Jedi was probably the best made sequel film, but in terms of plot, and that, I mean, narrative, yeah, not yeah. what happens. The yeah. most happens is, like, they go to the casino planet, right? Yeah. I mean, and the rest is just like a little slow car chase through space. They do like, have the it. fight. They do have the fight with the Praetorian Guard. Oh, but, but yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's probably the, the best part of the film. And it's the but how, how would you how would you translate that into like? I think you just fight a bunch. You fight a bunch of them. Yeah, you just fight a bunch of them. I mean, is it... I I am played it, so I can't re- obviously I can't really form an opinion on 
this new game. But um, watch some I'm, gameplay. I'm looking forward to it. Watch some gameplay stuff and see what you think. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I think my brother uh, was uh, was talking about Garen as well, so <laughs> I might uh, I might steal it off him and play it. Yeah, that's a bit. So, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coffee, Co- Coffee Cast, where we talk everything film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. Obviously, we talked about some video games earlier, talking about Lego Star Wars. Uh, I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And today we are continuing on uh, April um, on THCC. Like uh, two weeks ago, we uh, we had a bit of a hiatus uh, last week. Uh, and the week before that, we did our episode 100 uh, episode. So it's basically like a composition of all our favorite moments from the past 100 episodes of THCC. So uh, please give that a watch. It's really funny. Uh, and today we are talking about, um, well, it's been out for a while, but I really want to talk about it, is the final season of uh, Peaky Blinders. And um, and then the week after that, we'll be talking about The Northman, which comes out in cinemas right now, actually, this weekend. So, yeah, you can find Instagram, Instagram.com, search Hobby Coffee Cast, Facebook at The Hobby Coffee Cast, uh, and my Twitter as well, uh, Twitter at The Hobby Coffee Cast, and my Reese's main... Instagram accounts at Box97 and Reese B. Jones. Give us um, a like, share, follow, and a review if you uh, enjoyed the episode. We much appreciated. So uh, let's go jump straight into um, talk about Piggy Blinders, really. Um, I mean, like you did some really brilliant, like, um, kind of episode reviews on Instagram. Oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> and um, in general, uh, I mean, this is one of the shows, like, I never really, obviously, because in the world of streaming, it's, like, you you don't stay up to watch something anymore, like, live TV. Like, yeah. I remember Game of Thrones used to be the really big thing. Um, but, like, like I think that Pinky Blinders was, like, the first show in a while I stayed up. Like, I watched it at 9 o'clock on a dot when it, was, when it aired. Like, it's weird when you're watching stuff like, I don't know, like, Moon Knight or Book of Boba Fett, where, like, it just drops on a day and you watch yeah. it whenever you're not really watching it live because it's not really live is it well, it's alive. Some... <laughs> well it's like Pinky Blinders is like live so it's kind of nice going back to kind of like oh like wait or waiting to like nine o'clock on like a Sunday evening for Pinky Blinders to come on and you yeah, know kind nice. of wondering what it's going to be like and stuff like that like uh, it's probably going to say for me when House of Dragon comes out I'll probably end up watching that at like two o'clock in the morning and uh, uh, stay yeah. up watching that. Um, but yeah, um, what was your opinion overall of the series? I mean, uh, it, yeah, what's your opinion overall of the series um, this season? I liked it, I did, but um, I, I thought there was some, uh, I would say like narrative choices, which I, I found a bit not not bad, but um, it caused the season, uh, the series on the whole to be a bit uneven. I, I just think it was a bit, um, Especially like the the guest spots, I feel that you know, like stuff like um, the Stephen Graham's character, they should have done that maybe I don't know, like a couple of seasons ago, a uh, series ago, or I it just felt a bit um, not convoluted, but just all encumbered. Yeah, was, that's... a lot of heavy lifting was needed. A lot of like I I don't know, there was a lot of like narrative um, uh, threads that needed to be tied up before this last series. It, going going through it, it did not feel like a final season uh, series no, at all. No, until about uh, 
until the last episode. The very last episode was the only um, the only time I actually thought like there was any sense of finality. Yeah, and uh, and we know like there's a film coming out, so they're kind of setting up yeah. the film as well. Um, that's gonna be a massive time jump. Apparently, it's gonna be set in World War Two. That'd be um, great. Yeah, that'd be really good. But I love reading some of the uh, tweets and like comments and so on some of the on the like the some people like reviewing it the final series and they were like oh they haven't killed Oswald Mosley and I'm just <laughs> thinking like if you know history Oswald Mosley doesn't die yeah in like you could you could do a Queen of Tarantino and kill him off like they were Hitler like an, <laughs> an altered timeline but like um alternate timeline but end of the day Oswald Mosley you know in real life doesn't die from an assassination by top Thomas Shelby he like yeah Lives on. I mean, like they they killed Billy Kimber in the first series, but then again, like who the hell cares about Billy Kimber? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Billy Kimber is meant to be like who Tommy Shelby's based off, so they needed, you know, like to get rid of the actual historical figure and then essentially supplant his figure with Tommy Shelby. Yeah, yeah, and all the other characters to come out really since then have just been fictional characters, really, yeah. haven't they? Like the yeah. the villains. Alfie Solomon's, um, so I think Sabini is based on a historical figure. Yeah, yeah. But he just obviously doesn't die. Um, and then obviously then you got the um, uh, Luca Changretta. Uh, he is obviously fictional. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of it. That is quite fic- it's fictional um, villains, which I kind of like. Because sometimes you like bringing bringing in like. It depends how historical accurate you want to make it. Well, yeah, like you're um you've you're very much restricted to history, mm. right? So every yeah. single like fact and figure must align with the story that you're trying to tell. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm glad that yeah, like Peaky Blinders didn't really feel like you needed to do that. No, no. Um yeah, I agree with you with having been overcumbered because it felt like there was too many plot lines going ahead, and it feels yeah. like we don't need to have too many plot lines. Like, I mean, um, like obviously you had um, what's going on with Ruby and yeah. uh, her death, her her illness. You had Tommy making like deals with all these other people and stuff like that. You had Arthur's like heroin, opium kind of addiction, and you know, the spiral down. Of that, um, and, and it got to the point where, like, they were like obviously the planning with um, you know the RA um, and the fact you know the fascists in general. But in the day, I'm just you. Know, I was thinking, I don't know what the plan was. Anyways, like yeah. they were talking about like stuff like guns and stuff like that. But it was just kind of like, was this kind of like plan like a revolution? A fascist mm. revolution in Britain in the thirties. It, 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 I, I, I didn't really know what it was, and I've, obviously, you know that it's not going to happen because Thomas Shelby is going to, you know, um, fuck them over. But I just didn't really know what the plan was that the fascists were planning, and Tommy was pretending to be involved in, like orchestrating, like falsely orchestrating. Yeah, I thought there'd be a much, much more. Um... A heavy impetus with Uncle Jack, the you know, Jack Nelson character. Yeah, I, I, it was just there's too many sort of like characters. I feel 
And yeah, because there was only six episodes of the series, right? And it's you know, I'm glad that they sort of did keep to that format because it, it does give a sense of um continuity, I think, to the series and the, and the narrative in general. But I it just it didn't give a lot of time, you know, breathing room for like some of these characters. Like, um, I'm glad that finally in the final series we got um Lizzie like self actualizing and becoming a good, good character, you know, like, yeah. I know she, you know, she's she's put upon, and you know, she, she's every everything you um of her character revolves around Tommy. But I like how she was not lashing out, but she was, you know, c- confronting Tommy about his um his shortcomings as a father. Yeah, yeah, know? it's good, and and as well, Ada. I'm I'm really glad with like the the character decisions. But I think I mentioned in one of my reviews that I think at this point in the series, uh, it was too little, too late. Not, not that it was, you know, bad at all. I, I just feel like I, I wanted more from these characters. Yeah, exactly. And um, obviously, bringing in new characters as well. Like we had like Gina come in as well. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't really like a big. She was a big player in like the in the story, but like it wasn't kind of like, didn't need to be any focus on her. She was really just mm. about. She was literally just about there to be like, oh, introducing with these new counters like Jack. Yeah, and the whole Michael storyline. It doesn't. It feels like if if Helen McCroy didn't didn't like didn't like if 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 uh, death of Helen McCroy didn't happen, I feel like the whole kind of plot line with Michael would have gone a different route. Yeah. But then it was kind of like setting up like one of them was going to die and Michael was going to try and kill Tommy. But it would have been for another reason. But, but at the end of the day, like Michael, obviously Tommy knew Michael was planning on, um, at, you know, trying to kill him. So they, they shoved Michael in like a prison for yeah. most most of the series. And then he came out and Michael plans to kill Tommy. <laughs> but it's... I, re- I really feel like that was... Um... I, I mentioned in one of the reviews uh, that was like the writers like not knowing what to do, so they just essentially just oh yeah, let's just keep him in prison until the end because we know that they we want him to fight with Tommy. We got point A and point B, but we don't know how to get there, so let's just draw like a straight line towards point B. It was I I really feel like he was a wasted character this season. I feel like this series. I feel like he was involved in a different production, uh, show or film. Ah, as so well like as limited, this, so, uh, limited so they basically okay. they put they put him in like uh, they do that sometimes in shows where uh, one of the actors yeah. or actresses can't do a lot of the scenes, so they yeah. put, they they put her in them in hospital for the rest oh, of the, yeah, um, yeah. They do the rest soaps, of the series. Yeah, yeah, and it could, obviously that person then had to go off and do another show and, and film or something like that. If um. So that might be the case with um, Finkel, but yeah, mm. it felt very much like I don't know. I, I didn't feel like Michael's death was like I don't know. It felt kind of like oh, he's come out of prison. I'm gonna kill Tommy Shelby, and then he doesn't <laughs> like it. it, it you get what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's and it it's, was it was just it was nothing, right? Like we we don't see any sort of like development with his character whatsoever. We you see like him having like a few scenes with his um with with Gina, but it's just, they, they, I mean, 
I, I wouldn't even say they have that much chemistry together, like the two actors. No, they, it feels they just very... they make out, you know, they, they tell us that they have a very like sexual relationship together. But apart from that, we you know, we we're just told they are. We're not shown in any sense that they're like a devoted couple. We don't we yeah. don't see their kids at all. So there's no sense of like a family thing. There's no sense of like dedicated family um um aspect whatsoever. It's all you know, we're, we're told it's like, oh, I don't know. And how, like, she cheats on him as well with um, with Mosley. In a weird way, I, I she's like a... I, I feel like with um, Anya Taylor-Joy's, like, she's a fantastic actress, don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know if, you know, again, like, they didn't know what to do with her. Except for, as you said, her being a center, like a doorstop to a flow in Uncle Jack. I feel like it was just kind of like her casting was like, oh, we've got Anna Taylor Joy and Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Like, I feel like with some of these castings, it was really much about, oh, look who we got on the show. Like, Stephen Graham. Yeah. I'm not yeah, going to lie. Right. Like, you could have, you could, Stephen Graham is like, there are some stuff I've watched. And for like, Stephen, you know, like, this is Stephen Graham. Like, only Stephen Graham could play this role. But well, they were. Um, in Bulldog Empire, right? Yeah. He played, I, he played Al Capone. Why not bring him one, back in that role? That would have been I know, I know. That's what, that's what uh, I thought season four was going to set up with uh, Tommy making deans with Al Capone. Like, I even thought um, Jack Nelson was going to be... Because they, they didn't introduce him until, like, uh, episode two. So I thought Jack Nelson was going to be Stephen Graham. Uh, but it wasn't. And um, I feel like him playing... Um, uh, Hayden Stag. It just it felt like anyone could have played that, but it exactly. feels like it was yeah. just like, oh, we got Stephen Graham for this. Like it's kind of like, oh, yeah. it's kind of like a a celebrity a draw into it as well. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's it's a famous face. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's why we kind of you know Tom Hardy, like Alfie Solomon and stuff like that. But I think like when they killed him off, I think they they realized that actually Alfie Solomon was like a really popular character. That's why they brought him back. Yeah, in season yeah, five. Um. Even stuff like Adrian Brody, because you know people know Adrian Brody, people know like um, um, Aidan Gillen, you know, Thor Baelish and stuff like that. And obviously, Pig Barnes was out as well about the same same time Game of Thrones was coming out was out already. So you know, these key kind of notes those Game of Thrones characters in it. But yeah, it's it felt like there was too much going on, and it, and for the final series, you should just have like the main kind of plot arc yeah not have too much going on exactly. because yeah. it got to the point where like they're introducing stuff in like the fourth episode and i'm just like why are you gonna wrap how are you gonna wrap this up and yeah. obviously the idea with tommy shelby's illness oh yeah it, it and obviously the idea of finding out that the actual doctor is really an, a fascist <laughs> um, yeah and Iron barnard welsh boy yeah, yeah, he's he's coming up in the world. He's yeah. doing a lot of good stuff as well. Anyone that sort of liked his performance, he, he played. Um, he didn't really have a speaking role, but he was in uh, Dunkirk. Yeah, 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 very good. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think he's spoken now. He had a few lines. Oh, he was like French, wasn't he? So he was like, yeah, was like, yeah. Um, Sorry, <laughs> that was very uh, insensitive. <laughs> but you had so much going on because you had the RA and they were involved in the death of Polly, and they, yeah, um, obviously 
stop the assassination attempt from last series. You got Tommy now setting up new dealings with um, Irish American gangsters. Yeah, you still got the con- uh, the kind of dealings with Mosley, and um, and then you got him being ill, like dying. Is it's it's a lot going on. I feel like they should have chosen one of those villains, but mm-hmm. like I, like the idea was I, I've obviously they had um, obviously the rat as well, Billy. Oh yeah, the rat. Um, was it black cat? Yeah, that kind yeah. of that's it. Yeah, um, but yeah, this should have focused on that because then it got to the point where it's kind of like we need to tick off all our enemies, like as we go along, mm-hmm. which I think it was all right. But in a, being like maybe they could have just had like one big enemy for this last episode, last season. Because what did you have in like, well, season one you had uh, obviously Billy Kimball, but also you had like uh, as you know. Um, Sam Neill's character as well. In the second one, you had uh, Sabini, and then you obviously had Campbell as, as well. Again, the third one, you really just had the 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 Russian. Well, not really the Russians, but like oh, it was it was um, what they the call league. it the, uh, the economic league, the economic yeah. league with like the priest, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then episode season four was really the the, ga- the Irish gangsters, and I feel like that is my favorite series. Yeah, because they had a lot of kind of like there was like the death of John was like a big hit and you realise that the show we found realised it's like oh my god it's like the, the biggest enemies we fought yeah and then it took the turn where they wanted obviously want to go to fascism era because obviously it was coming up to kind of like fascism the you know the dark 19, 1930s and stuff where fascism is starting to spread around Europe and and all that and uh, you know the rise of the Nazis and all that. So they obviously wanted to incorporate fascism, but it's not. And then you had like Mosley, but then it was kind of. Then you brought in the bit the is it the uh, oh the, the, the Scots oh, the, the Billy the, Boys the, yeah, the Billy yeah. Boys, and I feel uh, like that yeah that kind of didn't really like. I thought they would be in this series because I exactly. feel like yeah my. Um, um, my dad was watching it with me, and um, and he was saying, "It's like, oh, where where the Billy Boy's gone?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, like yeah, they literally just wrote them out." Yeah, some of them just like disappeared. But then in this season, there was so much. I would call it a series, but this series, like, there's so much different villains. Yeah, and it feels like like why do we need all this? Like, it should have really been like focusing, and they started going to more into kind of political this, enemies because I think Tommy's... this shouldn't have been the final series. It, sh- no. it shouldn't have been the final series. They should have at least had like one more. Like in this one, it would have been more um, uh, housekeeping. You know, it would have been more sort of um, tidying up, with, you know, getting rid of like all like these other characters ready for like the final confrontation of what's going to happen in the final uh, series. That's what it should have been. Yeah, and with Helen McCoy's um, death, I feel like they needed to kill, have obviously obviously because she got killed by the Irish. Yeah. The RA, they need to be like, okay, we need to like, you know, defeat the RA this series. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, yeah, there should have been like another, another series to kind of tie up and maybe just have mate, let it be like family against family, like yeah. Michael yeah. against Tommy, and make that like the big kind of, yeah. like the final, the final fight for Tommy. Yeah. 
in my opinion. Yeah. Because in the day, it's like obviously the idea is Thomas Shelby has no limits. Yeah. And even then, from this series, it was like he was he's literally just he was literally just trying to um, manipulate like all these different groups of people. And it gets a point where you kind of like, oh, what's going on now? It's a bit like, and then Han Arthur's kind of addiction, and then his wife coming back, which I don't like. I don't like a character. She's, she's really <laughs> well, annoying. Linda. Linda, I find that really Linda. annoying. And but it's, it's like, like we had Arthur having cocaine addiction back in season two. Yeah. It's like, why do we have to go through this again? You know, because then it was, and some scenes just. Like to see with a referee where like they did they, they murder him, I thought kind of like like if it didn't feel like why did they need to kill him? It kind of just like it was kind of dead just to be like, oh, we've we've got to show how very you know not dangerous, but how deadly the Peaky Blinders are. Yeah. But having the ref to kill the referee because he wouldn't like take um bribes. It's <laughs> it, it's really just it felt so out of place. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know where they're going to set up Mosley and Jack Nelson for the for the, for the the film. But in the day, like, you're not really going to be... Well, the main point is going to be is... Well, you're going to... It's going to be Nazis, really. I feel like if you're going to do something set in World War II, maybe you have some of the, the Peaky Blinders go off to war. But with someone like Tommy Shelby, I feel mm. like his place is going to be like maybe look at kind of. I kind of want to get away from the whole political thing because it's 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 coming more. Uh, this season has shown that it's become more political than actual gangster. Like yeah, and what what intrigue, isn't it? what Boardwalk Empire done really well is it, it kind of like fifty fifty the whole pot. Like in Ducky Thompson, the, the fifty the fifty percent gangster, fifty percent politician, where yeah. he would be a politician, but then also be a gangster. With this one, it felt like it was getting too much away into politics. Yeah, and political conflict is like it's it's great, it's interesting, and done really well. But it's like it it's I feel like with this one, it became a bit more kind of not that interesting, like the whole political conflict. Because at the end of the day, he's fighting against like real life people, so and so you know it's it's like, you can't really you know as a gangster you've been fighting like other gangsters you can go around shooting your enemy and kind of get <laughs> yeah. away with it. With politicians, you can't really do that. It's like you know, um, but I feel like if they made like this, the 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 if they obviously if they this film is going to be happening, I think it's obviously that's the green layer. It's hundred percent confirmed. I feel like it's going to be maybe looking at kind of like um, spies, maybe like German spies. That'd be good. Like during yeah. World War Two. Like if you ever see Foil's War, there are a couple of like uh, episodes where they look at like, you know, like German spies and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, and it's going to be it's, it's going to be, it's going to be at this time where it's going to be a lot of Germans are going to be um, or even Italians are going to be seen as like the enemy. So that's gonna be really interesting bringing that in as well. Yeah. Um but it was kind of like they were trying to incorporate the end of prohibition. Yeah. 
with the start, the rise of fascism as well. I, th- I think they were trying to do a, like a transition, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Which, at the end of the day, also prohibition is re- not really a big factor of the Peaky Blinders. I mean, all. that's how they got a lot of their money, I suppose, with like America. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like they were, they were leaning too much into it, maybe. As, exactly. As, 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 exactly. I mean, like, I did like when they went to, um, uh, is it like uh, Madrigal Island? Um, <laughs> oh, um, M- Miquelon. Yeah. Miquelon Island. That was really good. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, maybe I would have wanted to see more of that. But it, I like. I don't it, know. Yeah. It, it got to a state where it was just like Alfie Solomon's was in it, and he just doesn't really. I feel like you could have had him appear like in the last, the final episode. Um, I did kind of like how they um they included him at the beginning, though. You know, and the who like, oh, you know, I, I think I've got like, I think I've written your final, was it your final act or something? I thought that was yeah. pretty good. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I just feel that with it, with his character, and yeah, he's a fan favorite. But you can only do so much with him, and he's always got like so. He just reminds me of like a Tyrion Lannister, where all everything he says has to be a sort of like a T-shirt slogan or like something yeah. like being a print on T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, he was he was big in like season two yeah. and. Uh, Season two, he was like a big villain. And then in kind of like season three and four, he was just kind of like, he was just like, oh, Alfie's done something. What's he done now? Yeah. As of like, oh, uh, Alfie, yeah. that's scam. Al- oh, Alfie, like, oh, you had to get involved and stuff like that. Like, you know. Cause Alfie. Because in the first <laughs> series, he basically like, he fucked over Tommy with the Economic League. And yeah. in the fourth season, he was working with uh, uh, LaGretta. No, not like Greta, it's Shangretta, that's it. I've been calling it wrong. Um, so then, obviously, and then he just became like, oh, we need your help to do this one thing, like, yeah. in se- in season five. Like, it, it, uh, it, yeah. I, I don't know, like, I did, I, I, you know, it's always fun seeing Tom Hardy in, in that role. Yeah. But I kind of wanted... Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah. I kind of want to see more of him. Um... I wanted him like to actually do something and not just like walk around and just like insult people. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's weird, right? It's like no, like maybe they only have Tom Hardy to act for like half a day, so they just do their best with him. They can't mm. do any sort of like action scenes with him because they know, oh, that takes too much effort, or like you know, they can't be asked to do like, um, I don't know, like write some more like choreographed like action or something. Yeah. And I feel like they just, that's like an afterthought. Like, um, Tom Hardy will say, it's like, oh, you know, I'm interested in coming back. So then Stephen Knight or like one of the writers will have to like literally just go through all of the different scenes and see where they can include Alfie. Yeah. As an afterthought. And I'm, I'm bitching a lot about this series, but I'm, as, as a, as a really cool, like a very, very aesthetic, sick, you know, very like, stylish gangster thing i think it fucking works it I does it, it works. does it, like i i really enjoyed the series yeah a lot i wouldn't say it's my favorite series because i would go to episode series four 
because there was a lot more action. So there was a lot. Romano series four is the the mafia one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I did like that that one. I love the first I think episode. It was Adrian Brody. Yeah, I love like one of the best scenes uh, episodes um, scenes in that um, series is when uh, obviously uh, Thomas Shelby got the black hand and then he realizes oh they've in, they've hired a new um, what what's the name um, uh, sous chef and you're like oh yeah, yeah. okay and then it's, and then he realizes he's actually just been like put there to uh, kill Tommy I I, I feel like that's really well done. Well, how how he realized that he was yeah fake. yeah he, he gave him like what was it i think it was you know it must have been like a, t- a 10 pound note or something in it and it's like literally like he just he just took that like it was nothing yeah like oh you know like like what what the hell that's so weird and then he was confronting him about it and like oh my god do you see when he um he confronted the chef like the, the, the he was butchering someone he's like oh you know he held out his hand and he's like oh but sorry mr shelby i got blood on my hands and he's like oh don't worry, me too. Yeah, and the chef's brilliant. like, "What the fuck?" That's... Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like it's one. I think that I think, in my opinion, one of the most interesting parts of *Pig Blinders* is looking at kind of the the psychology of Tommy Shelby and yeah, how yeah. he, as he gains more, wants to go up in the world. The more he loses himself of himself mm. to yeah. the point where. Like tragically, he knows that what he's become, and he accepts it. Yeah. And the idea was him kind of um, him stopping drinking alcohol and stuff was his way of trying to be like, this is a new Tommy Shelby. The idea that like the death of Polly has made him realize that like you know he needs to be on alert now. He can't be you know persuaded by drink and stuff like that. But then the death of Ruby kind of sends him back to our original state and to yeah. the point where so he has to accept it, um, it. It's because of the death of Ruby that he drinks. He's, he's with Arthur in the cellar, isn't Yeah, it? he goes back to drinking. Like and he just like I I I really liked Arthur in this series actually because even you know he has like issues, but then when Tommy's there and he's like he has like the cap and he says like Tom, like, you don't drink anymore. Like he still cares. Yeah. But I just wish that they'd done something, like, focus on Arthur a little bit more, just to show his his conflict and then some some sort of resolution. Well, that resolution, <sighs> he felt guilt over Polly's death, ah, so right. he yeah. was he's got into um, doing opium because yeah, he a felt guilty. Spiral. And him kill, killing uh, Captain Swing in um, oh the, my god, the RA yeah, yeah. at the end, you're right. Was his yeah. kind of closure? Yeah. And I, I wondered actually. I, I, I liked it, but I didn't know why it worked so well. Um, when you know, at, when, when, as you just said, um, he killed Swing, and then he sat down outside the Garrison pub, and then he, like, he, he dropped his gun. Yeah. And I was like, he, he's, he's finally done it. Like, he's yeah. finally managed to let go. Yeah. But that, that's brilliant. Yeah. It was, it was the IRA. It was Swing that ordered it. Yeah. And so, I, I... so he has finally brought. Um, you know, he, he he's brought the killer of of uh, Polly to just well, not to justice, but you know, he's he's ended her life, so she can't bring any more harm upon upon other people. And you know, he, look, <laughs> Arthur can kill as many people as he wants, and still you know say like, oh, oh but I'm a good man, and yeah. all that. He's not yeah. a good man, but no. he, he's trying to be. Yeah, you know? it's um, like um, like Pulp Fiction, isn't it? Yeah, you know, 
I thought I was what was it like um the shepherd, but no, I'm the wrath of evil men. But I'm 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 trying really hard. To in be a, the in a weird way, watch I was more kind of tense and out of my seat for that 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 fight than I was about the suitcase and Tommy because I feel like Tommy would have survived that anyway. I agree. He was dying, yeah, but Arthur, right. I was yeah. kind of like, oh, Arthur's been nearly dead, been killed mm. a couple of times. I feel like if they were killing yeah. Arthur, it'd be this, and, it'd be this um, moment. Did you, did you think the setup for it was really good? Oh, it's so like, brilliant! Um, it was, it, it when was so they, brilliant. Uh, the, the man like preaching outside, and Arthur says to him, "He's like, oh, where's Jeremiah?" And he says, "Oh, you know, he's in heaven." And I just thought, oh, I really like Jeremiah. Actually, like he's dead. Yeah, but no, like he, he was just communicating that he was in position, that he was ready. That I, I love that. He had like um, did, someone had a Gatling gun or something, didn't they? Get, like um, it, yeah, it was Jeremiah. It, it's very confusing because sometimes I was like, wait, who's got? Because it was it like there was like four, four Irish people, or was there someone else who was a? Uh, because he got shot, didn't he? Yeah, there was there was another there was sniper, uh, for the IRA, but then there yeah. was Jeremiah who was also like um somewhere with, with the Gatling gun and he's, he's in, the, Jeremiah is the one that threw the um is, the mustard gas is, as well. is, oh yeah because that seems so good when they come out with like the um the gas masks and stuff like I that I loved it it's like t- the, you know like the war is coming again yeah it, it's brilliant I loved it it's a the, shame um, they put it in the trailer though oh yeah yeah because I was, I was I was I was wondering what that scene was gonna be about when, yeah when they showed I it. forgot about it I forgot about it but it's I'm, interesting I'm glad that like it was so good though it was, but it was such I, I a it was interesting seeing like um kind of the the mother and the children come come along and then yeah. go in. The idea is like the you know, it's kind of like who actually like for the Irish, it was like, oh, who actually is involved in the Peaky Blinders? Like, you know, it, it, I love it in the show because like I remember when the Garrison pub gets blown up and it's two women three women with the the prams. Ah, uh, yeah. It's so, it feels so much they, like they were IRA, weren't they? Yeah, it's so incons- yeah, yeah. conspicuous. You like don't know like mm. who actually is like, but it's well, it's, a, it's a lot of that with the gangster yeah. thing where like someone's got like a, a yeah. loaded rifle in like a pram and it or like a shopping trolley, open it up and they just start shooting. Like it, it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's so gangster that, and also, I yeah. I really enjoyed how um how kind of uh, like kind of urbanized the whole area has been because if you see the Garrison pub, that's obviously been there like from the start. They rebuilt it, but seeing how like now you've got like the, the motorway being built above it. Yeah. Um but that did was... you notice that it was it was um on an end um an end terrace, right? Yeah. Where all of that terrace is now demolished mm. and the pub is being held up by um like wooden stilts. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was um under an overpass, so it shows, yeah, like this development, and it's almost like I don't know, like like a, a limpet or like a mushroom. It's like an it's um how to describe it like um a throwback isn't it to like a time that like it it doesn't belong in this time no no it's like it's what's left of the peaky blinders legacy yeah it, I, it's yeah i loved it I that was, was a that was a br- that was a brilliant like um thing because they they knew that billy was um ha- did they know that billy was the black cat because he was asked, I don't know. <laughs> he, no, I think he asked a question to Tommy, didn't he? Oh, but he I kept remember asking that. questions, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and Tommy Maybe. was like, Yeah, I'm and not Tommy sure. was looking, was like, Why are you asking? Yeah, 
I'm not too sure, actually. But, I, I, um, I don't know. Hmm. All it did was... Uh, the thing I didn't get was with, with Finn's character, where they kind of chucked him out and be like, you're not really a member of the Piggy <laughs> Blinders yeah. anymore. To be fair, I, I don't understand that, because if I was somebody I was working with, so like, oh yeah, he's a rat, you'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> you know... Yeah. But I think it's looking at like this is not the time for um this is not the time for young scared boys. This is now the time for uh grown men. And maybe that's kind of like leading up mm. to World War Two where like you have to now be a man and fight in the war that we fought we previous a war that we previously fought in before. Yeah. You get, you get what I mean? Mm. It's like, and and obviously the Piggy Blinders have realised we can't have, we can't have people like not like loose ends, but we can't have we can't have people we can't drag people along that like yeah. Yeah. aren't willing to do the job, but just to, to like protect the family and the yeah. legacy and reputation and stuff mm. like that. I didn't, I I didn't think they they did that. I what I what I mean to say is I thought that that was very like badly executed. Oh yeah, because like um, Finn's really friendly with um, um, but yeah, Billy, Billy Gray, like that. You know, oh yeah, they're just gonna because he didn't want to kill him, and they're just gonna check him out the family by like Duke, who may or may not be a real Shelby. Mm. I I I'm a bit like I don't know conflicted about Duke's character. I thought the actor did the best with what he was given. I think he should have been brought in right at the start, in my opinion. Yeah, or even before, like in like the end of like the last series or something. So that by time um, series um, six comes around, you know, there's a bit of a time jump. He's had some time to sort of like ingratiate himself with the family to get some experience so that he doesn't it doesn't feel like a, a big jump or like an um, unrealistic jump in confidence, you know, like and especially how other people around him are so comfortable. How they just willing to accept his orders and I think, stuff when they were in Arrow House? I think with Duke, they needed to have like the next Tommy Shelby. Yeah. In a way, like Tommy Shelby, something because I know like Charlie um, would not be a Tommy Shelby at all. Like he would not grow up to be like his father. Yeah. Whilst Duke is kind of like Tommy Shelby, like you no know, gypsy boy, born gypsy boy, uh, you know. Um, knows how to handle, you know, as a thief, uh, you know, lived in a life of crime yeah. anyway. So well, it's kind of like the, to- yeah. the Tommy Shelby, yeah. Did you notice that um, with the, the the acting choice, I forget the actor's name, but uh, they, they wanted someone who looked like Killian Murphy. Yeah. But he, he doesn't really look like, like I, I can tell where they were going with it, but he, he still doesn't look a lot like Killian Murphy. And I mean, look, they even gave him like a Peaky Blinders haircut by the end. So they were they were obviously trying to, yeah, like he is meant to be the the successor, like the crown prince of the Peaky Blinders legacy. I think they're trying they're trying to set him up to be like the next Thomas Shelby. Whether yeah. I doubt he's going to be like you know a future series going to be based on him at all. Oh, I doubt it. Um, yeah. But it's kind of like setting up like the leg the continuation of the Peaky Blinders or like the fam yeah. the Tom the Shelby family. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 uh, I thought it could could be brought in earlier on, 
and kind of it feels like a very like it again it was something that was shoe horned in at like the last yeah. minute and I was just like what is this and then eventually I understood why he was there but yeah. I don't was... I don't really get uh we can go around in circles talking about this but like I, yeah I don't really get how he was so late in introduction I mean you know I I I really think that um uh Oh damn! I forgot her name. And um, Esme, like how she is basically saying that he's that that's the son, yeah, purely to get back at Tommy because she has reason to hate Tommy. It, yeah, it's well, you know, maybe not, but from her perspective, it's Tommy's fault that her husband was murdered. Yeah, you know? she always, she blamed Tommy for that. Yeah, and and Tommy's always like he's threatened to kill her a few times. If you look back at the earlier series, he is threatened to kill her. Yeah, he's not a nice person to her. No, no, exactly. Um, just but... seeing him so like, um, uh, you know, uh, vulnerable. You know, and she was saying as well, you know, like, oh, give me gold and stuff. She was trying to take advantage of him. Yeah, you know, and I'm not trying to say that you know, like, oh, you know, he he deserves it or she deserves it because they're both horrible people. But they just, you know, they are once. Victims, they are they are um, products of the environment. When um, what was the episode where uh, when it came to like Ruby's death for like the show, the the kind of plot kind of changed a bit when episode four started focusing on kind of Tommy, uh, basically now um, getting revenge on um, um, on, a, on obviously the the gypsies that cursed his daughter. Yeah. And I feel like that scene was like he turned up and he just got out out of a car and he just murdered a bunch of people in a gypsy camp and walks off. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is just what? Like, I, I did enjoy it because it, it kind of like got the pace up going. It was like, okay, okay. Now now we're getting some action. Now, like, it seems like the plot keeps keeps going. Um, and then he starts like, it's only until he finds out he's got, uh, he's got to, to poke it. I was having going to pronounce it now, like uh, uh Tubacloma. But he starts now, like it feels like he starts putting his his, uh, his pawns into place, and it, it, I feel like the plot then kind of escalates more. And I feel like him finding out that he had tuberculoma should have been in the first episode, like should have been right exactly, at the end. yeah. Um, and it and it should have been like him finding out, and then it's like oh. This plan I've been making now, I have to kind of, yeah, escalate it and stuff like that, and that should have been something that should have kind of made the season like you know like oh it's like a race against time like Tommy Shelby's like when racing against the clock he's racing against like the clock of his own life like time is ticking and stuff like that, and then at season six at the end of the last episode you find out that actually it was all a lie, and that could have made it more like impactful. Like it could have made the the like even though the um the twist was really done really well, it could be made a lot better if it was kind of like if he didn't find out he had it like episode four, then yeah. I think it would have been like a really like great 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 um twist, but and then him like getting tuberculoma and the idea that you realize that he's got something because he's having all these like uh you know he's coughing a lot and he has getting all these kind of hallucinations he's getting isn't he he's having his fits and then yeah. him finding out that 
he hasn't got it. It doesn't really make sense about, okay, so what caused all these kind of hallucinations he's having? I mean, he's just, look, he, he's always been under stress. And yeah, some can argue that he, he has visions like, you know, Polly could see stuff. Whether or not it was, you know, mental illness or whether it was like, oh, yeah, they actually could communicate. I feel like, like Polly said, like, in episode four, in the season four, Polly saw stuff because she was on Inch of Her Life on her death. She was like near death. So all the stuff she's been having was well, yeah. like, was it not was like near a nervous death experience. breakdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tommy, I never really got that. It, it could be maybe that similar with Arthur, the PTSD was coming back as well. Yeah, and exactly. maybe yeah, this yeah. was, maybe this was a kind of like, oh, this is leading up to the next World World War Two. So really, we want to bring in a kind of like the war kind of theme. Yeah. So we're doing that by like having Tommy bringing in these kind of like, as he's fighting fascism, he starts yeah. seeing more of these kind of hallucinations of his time in war. They kind of build up that like fascism and war in World War Two. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that could it's, be. It's almost that's... like he can sense that war is coming. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. For him getting to Pogloma, but it it feels like that's why he was getting these kind of. That would make sense why he was getting those hallucinations, but like. Exactly. Yeah. But, why? Yeah. Like allegorically, it's because of the upcoming war. Hmm. But then there was no kind of like yeah. uh, reason why he had them. Like the yeah. like it didn't feel like it felt like he, he's always going to be having his hallucinations. Hmm. Um, I, I mentioned in like one of my uh, reviews that like I didn't feel that P blinders always try to uh, to stray into um, like the the mystical or like the esoteric yeah. um, sort of theme. Um, you know, they they they're gypsies. They're um, they're diddy koi gypsies. So um, they you know they they must love sort of like looking into like the sort of you know oh, they can they can do spells and and whatnot and you know they people buy charms off them. But when when, when that interacted with like the stories, I just felt that like when um, Ruby contacted him from beyond the the grave. It was just a bit of like an, a Deus Ex Machina. It was it was purely just like plot progression, and maybe it can be argued he was trying to come to terms with her death, you know. But when she was like revealed to him, they are oh, you know, Daddy, you haven't, you're not ill, and then he he was instantly like, oh, I'll ch- I'll check the paper that I burnt <laughs> in the fire, and he he come you know he realizes, I um. I didn't really like that at all. <laughs> Otherwise, I thought it was fantastically filmed. I feel like the gypsy kind of element of the show, even though I feel like it, obviously they are gypsies. Yeah. And Tommy does make it out that, like, you know, I wasn't born middle class or aristocracy. I was gypsy. Like, you mm. know, people, uh, group that a lot of people look down on in society. Yeah. And having him build his way up but still be seen as kind of like, the gypsy politician yeah. or you know well, the, yeah, he's, the he's rich a, he's gypsy man, man isn't he? Yeah. yeah so that's int- i feel that's interesting but then it's i feel like the whole kind of gypsy kind of like going to kind of like you know kind of going to like oh that you said talking about like kind of the spells and the magic and stuff like that it felt like it should have kind of changed more to kind of realism as the show went on I, w- was... I wouldn't have I wouldn't have minded them going into it. I just thought it was badly executed, or they only did it when it was sort of like needed. Yeah, you know? not like constantly because yeah. In fact, the whole like 
the gypsy side just come out of Ruby's death, and it feels kind of like like why I feel like Ruby's death was needed in a way of not of obviously to kind of get Tommy to figure out he's got diagnosed with like a similar thing. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. But also the idea was bringing kind of more character to Lizzie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I really think though it should have focused on more of Lizzie than than um Tommy. I feel like because previous series have kind of shown Lizzie as kind of like she's obviously a prostitute as before. So they made her like a prostitute or like kind of like um like a side woman that Tommy will sleep with yeah. before he will sleep with like someone else. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like it was always like in the series, it was always like Lizzie or someone like Tommy would sleep with and then it'd be like the another female love interest would come along. And now then it kind <laughs> yeah, of he's always done that. <laughs> yeah. But then it kind of got away in series five, there's more kind of focus on Lizzie as like his wife. And then and in series six it was like that. And then Tommy went around sleeping more women. And you're like, oh okay. Again. Yeah. But I think at that point where like she Diane Mitford like reveals and like Tommy knows that he's lost Lizzie. But the day it's kind of like you have no limitations, but you you know like the idea is Tommy believes he has no limitations, but he does have limitations. Like oh, he yeah, should have limitations, yeah. but he doesn't believe it. Well, I mean and the all, all he does is just tell himself that, you know, like um a self affirmation, yeah, to, to to do the things that he must do, yeah, to, you know, to, and I, I I kind of wish that they'd focus more on the whole aspect of he's doing all these horrible things for his family, you know, like um, a la um, Walter White in Breaking yeah. Bad, yeah, and then it would have given him much more sort of uh, depth and sort of, you know reasoning for doing these things and, and not just you know like right at the end when you know you're saying it's oh you know oh i'll do it for like my family and like oh i don't care if like they you know they they think ill of me as long as like they kept their they're cared for and stuff ah oh, but no like, because he, he i wish loses, he'd done that more like, he does he does all of this for his family but then he ends up losing his family in the crossfires of what the the stuff he's done and the idea is like tommy like they, it's the idea was like after Polly's death, and I was like, Tommy, you need to like stop now. He said, Oh no, I've got like the biggest but I've got one more thing I've got to do and then I'm done. And yeah. then you realise it's not the last thing he's got to do. It's gonna be something bigger after that. And it's it's kind of like a drug in a way. There's no kind of stopping. There's no like there's no kind of breaks for Tommy. Yeah. And in a way it feels like he does this for his family, but he knows that his family are going to get hurt from it. And obviously, we felt that when we obviously, you know, when it came to um, John being killed, Polly being killed, even um, what's her name, uh, Grace being killed, and stuff yeah. like that. All of these are like from as consequences of Tommy's actions and what Tommy's been involved in. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, like he brings he foes, you know, he foes once he loves to the wolves in a way of making himself bigger but he does this in terms of like his family and it's so similar to water white where water white does goes into the meth business because he's doing it for family but then he knows that he's doing it eventually 
because he enjoys it. He doesn't really. Yeah. Well. And he, but he then believe. Yeah. Then he personally believes, and he's still doing it for the family. But yeah, I remember with, lost with with Walter. He was purely in denial because the whole thing was he needed an excuse to do it, but really he did it for his ego. Yeah. You know, he, he even when he was like, um, you know, he was just diagnosed with cancer, and he was like um, a high school teacher. He still had a massive ego. And yeah. he finally, like, even like that late in life when he turned 50 and he was diagnosed with cancer, he finally found an outlet to, you know, to, to, to be who he wanted to be, you know, to, to, to carve out the legacy. And it didn't matter what that legacy was, as long as it was what he saw as justified for his own ego. Yeah. You know, but, but I, I don't see that for Tommy Shelby. And I think that's really bad in that we don't, we still don't get a clear picture of his motives after everything he's doing. That, that's just me though. Maybe I missed something. Maybe like uh, the idea of being the made man and being up and coming gangster and, and, you know, wanting to make a better, better life for everybody. That's his motives. But he knows he can capitalize on his motives by having, you know, playing with political power and having connections and stuff like that. And the idea to him, like having connections, could save his family, like getting out of trouble. Because if you look at series, uh, beginning of series uh, four, um, obviously they're about to be executed because Tommy had to make a deal with the with the government. But because of the connections he had, and he had like leverage against the king. That's what saved them from being um, executed. But that was all part of his plan all along. That's the thing. Yeah. But to him, like he knows that, like he he will lose his family because of it. But he believes that he's doing it because of because of his family. And it's only until like really at the very end where he knows that, like in a weird way, like him knowing he's dying kind of like brings a little bit of peace to him. Yeah. But now that he knows he's not dying, it could really bring up like, oh, what you know? Is he gonna yeah. go? Is he gonna continue with what he's doing, or is he gonna, you know, be, take a back burner? Because in the, the day, he starts off as a gangster and becomes a politician, but then also becomes a gangster as well. And you know, Borg Empire has always got that famous saying that like, you can't be half a gangster. Yeah. In a weird way, um, Lucky Thompson is a very contrast with Tommy Shelby, where Lucky Thompson is a politician and then at the end he becomes a gangster like fully mm, becomes a gangster yeah well so tommy shelby obviously he becomes a he was a gangster but fully kind of i feel like right at the end you're going to see tommy just become a full-on politician in my opinion and oh, okay yeah i feel like the next the the gangster side of the peaky blinders is going to be led by arthur or duke and stuff like that because hmm. what do you what is your opinion on the ending where he figures out that um the doctor is obviously um the doctor yeah, he, he was there wasn't he at the, at yeah. the wedding yeah so he yeah. goes to kill the doctor but then it was uh armistice i think it wasn't exactly was it the 11th, yeah, the 11th? 11th hour yeah. yeah 11th hour so he basically was like okay i feel like the end of conflict he didn't want to kill him like on struck of like the time mm. of peace. And I feel like he wouldn't have really done anything really anyway, killing him. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like that's meant to be, you know, it's it's meant to be like 
signaling that he's changing, maybe. Because he goes back and his wagons burnt down all his possessions. And yeah. it gave me the feeling of where we're... Burning the he, past, maybe? Or could we burn the identity, whether Tommy Shelby actually would come back as Tommy Shelby or kind of people think he was he's dead? That'd because be yeah. the idea was his enemies will expect him to be killed, be to die. Yeah. And the way that he maybe he could defeat his enemies is by mm. pl- pretending that he's dead. And maybe him... But... but te- Believing that is dead, will let his family think that he's dead, so he doesn't bring more harm to them. Yeah. But maybe you know, maybe he will come back in the film, and it'll be Thomas Shelby. You know, again, yeah. back. Or, it's, it's tricky to say. They've obviously he, left it like ambiguous to sort of. Um, I I like it because it's ambiguous. You can read into it, but I, I it's it's easy for the writers so that when the film comes about. They'll have a little bit of a, a carte blanche in what they can do with the characters. Yeah. Where, sorry, where the characters are going to go. Well, he comes in the first time we see um, Thomas Shelby. He's riding into um, um, Birmingham mm. on a black horse, and he ends the series on a white horse. So ah, right. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. So. But do you think good. that was purposeful, or do you think that was purely a coincidence? I think it was purposeful. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I that mean, it, it it is very, um, I say, evident that his um, uh, wagon, his carriage burning, is meant to signify his death, because we were we've seen it a couple of times in the series, but then with uh, Ruby's funeral, I think we're meant to be reminded that. This is the, the the funeral customs of these this certain uh, Diddy Koi, like these these yeah. gypsies. So we're meant to read into it that him seeing all of his possessions burning with supposedly him inside is meant to be his death, and he realizes, you know, Tommy Shelby is now dead. He can do whatever he wants now. Yeah, you know, he, where he, he can truly be untethered. He he can be free to do, you know. Yeah, as you said, and what he what he wants to do without um, being afraid of get, bringing further harm to his family, I think it's good. I I, th- I think that was really good. And the more yeah. I look into that, the more I appreciate it. Actually, I really do think that the um, the final sequence um, with the wagon burning and um, and him on in uh, on the horse, especially the scene you see the wagon, it's purely like in flame, and he's on like the horse and the ho- He's trying to hold it there, looking at the wagon. I really love it. Yeah, I, re- I really do like it. Um, some uh, Im- some things I didn't really like was um, I think it was in actually yeah it was at the beginning of the final episode, Norfolk Prison. Um, no. the exterior shot of Norfolk Prison. It yeah. looked very um, oh I don't know, very flat, very like it looked like a drawing. It it was a composite image, so basically someone had basically um recreated the look of like this very old sort of prison and then put it onto like a, a matte background and then they thought they can get away with it by plastering the massive norfolk prison over it but yeah oh god i didn't i didn't really like that at all but then you know, when they picked up michael i was really happy because you know oh, oh thank god like something's happening with him i did like um oh what's that really famous uh uh, class classical song. 
Oh, by uh, um, uh, is it Nessa Dorma? Yeah, the one at the beginning of the final episode. Oh, um, but... it's always it's always like it's always like a villain. Um... Oh, is it Lacrimosa? Yeah, it's Lacrimosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that song, but I love it. It's such a villain song, though, yeah, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's... <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like a, a villain making a speech or a villain, like, travelling somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's become it's, a... It's become it's a, a gimmick now where, like, some, like, a villain, like, when they listen to, like, Beethoven or, like, Mozart, <laughs> it kind of shows, yeah. oh, yeah, they're, like, cultured. Or Ave Maria. Or... Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, it's, a, it, that's a Batman reference. Yeah, it, it feels very just like <laughs> on your nose. They, they, they're brilliant songs, but I remember when um, they had uh, when Watchmen the show and Osman dies, and he just kept having always like classical music being played. Yeah, what well, didn't he so play like, like Blue Danube or something? Yeah, it yeah it's <laughs> it's so it's so weird. Because so, because villains are meant to be very like sophisticated, you know, like the, the gentleman villain, like the yeah the, um, Professor Moriarty sort of character, right? Oh, my, like what was it? The episode uh, Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows, and he's like torturing like oh yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, J- Jared Harris, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. singing along to like what he's playing. I'm like, oh my god, this is like the most over the top. This is like so villain you can get, <laughs> like you know the the evils of him and the stenching from him as he's like singing to nice. I love that. You yeah. you ever see him all about? It's yeah, so that's, just that's like a, that's a really good analysis actually. That's, 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 really that's such a that's such a uh, guy Ritchie thing, isn't it? Like it's. That's such a guy. I love Ritchie. it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Guy Ritchie knows how to play his villains by making them very over the top. Like, oh, it's... yeah. But I mean, you you have to, especially like the films he makes. I think the villains. Yeah, need, yeah. Um, because the 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 main characters especially are very over the top. So to allow with the villain some breathing room, they need to be even more hammy and over the top, which I really. Oh, always, always like Char- Charlie Hunnam just bring out a Uzi. If I know a bunch of like, uh, yeah. but, uh like with, with youths, um, youths, uh, dirty old bastard playing in the background, yeah, yeah, it. it's it. It, yeah, it's it, it's it's so funny. I love that. Scene. Um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, back to it. Awesome. So, um, nothing I want to say. What do you think of uh, Amber Anson, Lady Diana Mitford? Like that character, Loved it. I, I thought she was. Um, I, I again, I mentioned in one of the things, um, she overshadowed um Mosley in this. And I really yeah. do think that it was good in that we see um, a very strong female villain. Yeah, I I, I feel um, Peaky Blinders has been dominated had by that. male villains. Yeah, yeah. I I I wouldn't really say that. Um, what's her name? Like the Duchess, something that the Russian woman. I wouldn't say I, she's I actually. Did... A, I wouldn't say she's a villain, but I wouldn't yeah, say she was like a big a, villain. Maybe like a deuteragonist or, or something, non-antagonist purely. There's a lot of like anti-heroes. A femme fatale. I think yeah. it feels like a lot. Of, there's a lot of anti-heroines in this show yeah. where they're like, no, they're not actually a villain, but they're not like, yeah, they're protagonists. They're femme fatale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, I, I think that um, yeah, Amber Anderson. I. I was really shocked, actually, with um, the the transformation, like makeup wise. Like she she's not a blonde. Like she basically put a skull cap on with her hair, and then they put a blonde wig on top. And I, honestly, I I really think like the makeup and costuming, uh, wardrobe especially, it's it's fantastic. And especially like her outfits, how 
she is meant to be like this um, very upper class, um, you know, Lady Diana Mitford. She's meant to be like the height of fashion, this very alluring, very attractive woman. And that's how, like, you know, she's like the black widow, isn't it? Like, that's how she catches her prey by being this sort of very alluring character. It's fantastic. Yeah. They always, but it, she's, she's, um, but, but she, it's, I love how they're not afraid in, in showing how purely evil she can be when she was, she was saying about, um, when they were in Germany at some dinner with, um, one of the German ministers and they were saying about like how they treating the Jewish people there. Yeah. Do you some as like, what, like, um, they were eating something and drinking coffee, and then they said the Jews were eating grass. Yeah, and, that, yeah. And you were you were just sitting there like, "What the fuck, <laughs> Jesus Christ!" <sighs> she, I, I gotta say, yeah, like as evil characters go, she is. It's perfection. It's it's deliciously evil. It, the fact that it's like a Cersei Lannister character. That's all I can say is that you love to hate these characters. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. She plays Absolutely so well. Brilliant. I love the scene with her and Ada, and it's just like this kind of bitchness of being like, oh, yeah. like, oh, a little uh, yeah. come back to that. And then someone's like, oh, I've got this about you, and back and back and back. And it's like, it's a stalemate. There's no actual winner. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Lady Diana Mitford thinks she can, obviously, I think she's so used to walking over people and getting what she wants and saying yeah. stuff and feels like there's no, no one attacks her. But when she meets the Shelbys, and like I love what Lizzie says about all this, you could say to Diana Mitford was I fucked your fiance, and you can tell Diana Mitford it's like her, like her face because she has nothing to go like nothing to say back of that. Yeah, at the end of the day, like you know, no women want to be happy about meeting somebody that their partners slept with in the past. You know, it's not you know, it's all kind of that like you know. Uh, possessive or kind of like you know the you get what I mean like so it her like she like when Lizzie says that like Lizzie won that argument because Diana Mifford she can say all, all she wants about like, the class and stuff about that and seeing her as like a prostitute but in a day yeah she you know she fucked your fiance there's <laughs> that that that's put in a track and even about the the the, the the chat of Ada like she thought, oh, Ada's going to be now, I can just like walk over her and, you know, yeah. go in her place. And she's like, nope, because Ada, we know Ada, she's grown up, um, you know, she she has grown up living, uh, getting what, well, as a Shelby, she has that, that respect of people. And mm. and when she hasn't, she gains that respect from people. Like, obviously, she was a, a communist, you know, she... Um, Obviously, uh, Freddie Fawn, her, you know, shows she's really big within the Communist Party in like Birmingham, and it's um, it's a brilliant how her and I think Lizzie go for drinks, and like the um, there's a scene where like they're like, oh, we can't, we we don't women are we uh, are you can't come to the bar unless a man's with you, yeah, and how Ada's like, well, I'm like, you know, do you know who I am and stuff like that, and then yeah. the, the barman put in his place then. That's good. Yeah, I love, I love, true. like you know, w- women were not allowed at the at, at the bar. Like the the men needed to buy them drinks for them. The the Peaky Blinders makes the women um, of the show. Re- it's Stephen Knight makes the women of Peaky Blinders really well done. Like their yeah. characters and stuff. I I really feel that. Um, I mean, obviously, the most effort for that was done with pa- um, Polly, with Helen McCrory's character. But yeah. then again, she was very much the leading actress in the show, wasn't she? Um, and I'm so glad that you know. 
they've managed to do that for the other um for the other actresses as well well it's like back in back in that time it's like you know suffragettes and all that you're like having to you know you're not going to get respect from the men so you have to become a kind of be a bit more brutal in order to like kind of gain that really and it's, well, it's really much the time yeah. like you live in the man's world really and so you know you you, know, you can either be a ragdoll or actually be a very assertive, independent mm. woman. Yeah, I mean, I, I really... Maybe ragdoll might not be the best term, but you, you well, know what no, I mean? No, like, no, it's like, no. No, do, do you want to be like, yeah, like submissive sort of like housewife? No, you, you, are, you were... You yeah, were to, yeah. Like, like, I'm really happy with how like they treated these characters. But then again... It was. It wasn't enough for some characters. Like you know, I, obviously, I would have loved to have seen more, more uh, development with Lizzie, especially more with her and and Charlie. Uh, you know, the, the son. Something just just with them too, maybe. <sighs> it feels like Charlie really just. He wasn't really. A, he was only. He, he's really big in series five when they thought with Tommy was like, oh, his son is about to get killed. Yeah. But he's always been kind of like there. No, that was that was series three, wasn't it? With like the priest. Oh yeah, yeah, series three. But also, yeah. wasn't that wasn't that scene in series five where the Charlie has got he steps on a land land? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a really good scene. That's a really good that. sequence. Um, but yeah, it's I think. In the day, like the show is about Tommy Shelby, and I feel like obviously some of the his family and stuff do take some sometimes, like kind of, you know, at times <sighs> you're like trying to put in like always stuff in like six hours. Yeah, and in the day it is about Tommy Shelby. In the end, it is a Tommy yeah, Shelby right. show. <laughs> yeah, even though some people rather have it, be, you know, be just about everybody else, mm. but in the day it's about. Tommy, it's a Tommy Shelby show, like you know, with Breaking Bad, it's the, it's the, the White Show, White show <laughs> and with Sopranos, it's a Tony Soprano show. Um, hey, we all the Gabba go, but if you look at something like Game of Thrones, it's, it's not, it's not really like it's not really the Jon Snow show, it's like an incorporation of all these other characters, yeah. Um, I don't want it, she's my queen, <laughs> winter's but coming. It's interesting looking at like. How? Because I sometimes I compare Peaky Blinders to Borg Empire because there's shows set in the same time, but obviously set in two different continents, like yeah. two different areas of the world. And how it's just interesting how like the differences and the similarities between Tommy Shelby and Lucky Thompson. Um, again, both shows have this huge kind of like the. You know the budget, and this you know it, it makes you feel so alive, like you're living at that time as well. Like mm. it's, it's done so I, so well. I think both shows, though, they, they their aims were different. You know, yeah. I, I feel, I feel, I feel with with um Naki, it was very much uh, like I don't know his interaction with like the you know the boardwalk and how it was changing over time, maybe, and how like the gangsters were like living and like. Well, just like working around like Atlantic City and all that stuff, but then I feel like with Peaky Blinders, it was more about you know, especially like these people are coming home from the war and struggling to adapt and maybe 
some people trying to thrive even though they you know they had like these um these issues which you know whether or not you believe that they were struggling against masculinity you know they they were trying to do their best in like a, a restrictive sort of culture that that's what Pe- i get from peaky blinders anyway peaky blinders in the day is a story about um uh, you know a, a gypsy family from birmingham who has risen up through the times and taken advantage of the political soul societal economical and cultural changes yeah. in in the you know in those mm. two centuries really like uh 1920s 1930s because so much happened in britain at that time and you know you're introduced to like you know the end of the day they're fight there you start off like the main villain of the first series was really billy kimber it was just like a kind of another gang in yeah. that they were fighting yeah. over because uh, of and, the and horse the races yeah yeah and the horse yeah the copper and the gun finding those guns at the beginning was kind of like Tommy Shelby Usyk. He knows that Mrs. was yeah. going to get the family higher up in the world mm. and stuff like that. I I really like that actually. And then yeah. obviously then they try to expand to London, and then in the third series that's then when you really start hitting like okay now you're fighting with white Russians, like the <laughs> yeah. white, and you're like okay now you're bringing in kind of like the comment the. Soviet Union and communist Russia into Britain, and that's what's happened to start at the time as well. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you start bringing in series four is the start of the you know, obviously, prohibitions around, but then you bring kind of like prohibition and the American Italian American gangsters to to uh Britain to live to Birmingham. And if it, it feels like it was series four was kind of like, like kind of a love letter to kind of like old school mobsters shows. Like the yeah. idea of like the Godfather, Goodfellas, just bringing that in, you know, being like it was kind of like obviously the gangster. Pinky Blinders is like the British gangster drama. Oh yeah, um, it's I'd say it's the British gangster. Yeah, drama. like there, there is there is nothing like this. I, I'd say no, exactly, exactly. And I feel like series four was kind of bringing in kind of like a, a love letter to kind of like old school kind of uh, gangster dramas. Hmm. I feel like, and I did enjoy it, and it worked well. Like it, it, it was used really well, but it wasn't didn't overshadow the Tommy Shelby or the, the Peaky Blinders at all. Yeah. Um, series five, then obviously you got the start of like the grim rise of fascism. So obviously, fascism would be the main thing, and then obviously series six was really the continual rise of fascism. But then the end of prohibition. And how all these kind of the American gangsters started realizing they needed, obviously, drink mm. became illegalized. So it they needed to, they needed to find other ways to. Mm. Well, you know what it's like, right? It's like, I, I like to think of it as like the, the Vikings formula. This is, this is totally like my theory, right? But. A series where you want to show your protagonist rising through like the ranks or like social strata or, or whatever, it's showing them becoming more and more successful, and then the the um, the rewards and the comebacks that uh, sorry and the drawbacks that come from that. Vikings does very does very good in the first couple of seasons where you have Ragnar who is just a, a farmer, and he fights again. He comes into conflict with the local chief, like the the uh, the Jarl. Or the Earl, whatever. He fights him and manages to win. Thus, he becomes the new Earl and he has more authority now. And people like flock to him because he's a leader. Then, during that time, when he's a new made 
Earl, he meets the king, and the king is very jealous of him and is like charisma and authority. So when he comes into conflict with the king, he kills the king. And yeah. then he becomes the king himself. And when he's the king of, I think it's like, was it Denmark or something? He meets other kings and he starts to make alliances with them and, and you know, planning greater raids on like uh, France and England and, and whatnot. And then he comes into conflict with these other kings and then struggles to secure his own kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's really good. And the, and the and the and the siege of Paris really showed that like the limits of uh, Ragnar yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. like the biggest defeat he's he's mm. had yeah. so far. A lot of that's been victories. Yeah. Seeing um, Tommy Shelby doing that because I'd say he defeats all of his enemies. Re- he does it very well until the end of series five, when he is not. Not only does he he, he fail to defeat his enemy, he fails to identify who you know who his, yeah. his enemies are. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know who he says you know, betrays him and stuff. He gets like a taste of his immense in the end of the day. Exactly. He? Yeah. Like... He, he realizes that yes, he does have limits. As he can be as you know in denial as he likes, he does have limit, limits. It, it it starts becoming that kind of thing where like because fascism starts becoming big in Britain, you're like, who's actually a fascist? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. It's faceless, isn't it? It's like the faceless mm. enemy. Well, it's like, look at Borg Empire, and it's about Nucky Thompson, but really it's about, like, the rise and fall of Prohibition, and the, the dawn of the... Uh, it's really about Terence Winter made Borg Empire because he wanted to basically tell the origins of um, gangsters in America. Like, what created the uh, the commission? What created these three famous gangsters like Al Capone, Lucky Luciano, and stuff like that? Yeah, and I feel like it, but they incorporate it through like um, Enoch Thompson, but they're based off obviously a real person. But he's very fictionalizing this, so having it, and also it's kind of like a, a difference because obviously everyone knows about like you know Lucky Luciano and Al Capone, and like you know obviously this is about New York, Chicago, Boston during this time. But we're looking at Atlantic City, which I feel like a lot of people like, unless you like knew, like obviously knew about it before, like Atlantic City and its kind of role in the prohibition. Yeah. And it kind of is, it, it, I like, I, I really enjoy it. But yeah, again, like with Peaky Blinders, it's, it's a very different show. A little bit of similarities, but also it's very, pretty much more different than similar. Um, I yeah. mean, yeah, I'd say it's the same, you know, genre. You know, it's like gangster sort of thing. But yeah, I, I really think that it's like it's it's an entirely different beast. Yeah, you know, my my opinion. I think it's the the look and feel of the show is so different. Like you know, we we bring up Bordock Empire. Um, Bordock Empire used a lot of contemporary music for for the time. Um, and it's really good in showcasing, you know, getting like a really authentic feel for like how these people lived and breathed and like the culture of that time 20s you know post um post world war one america whereas i really really appreciate the direction they went in with peaky blinders make injecting modern music into this um you know um mid mid war sort of period yeah i mean who who would have looked at a gangster film right and said, "Oh yeah, let's put um, let's put David Bowie, let's put Radiohead and Arctic Monkeys on yeah. this, this show. It, yeah, it, let's it, do it, that. It's very, it's been iconic because of that. Yeah, 
I cannot think now. I, 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 this is not me. This is like I've, I saw um, an interview with Killian Murphy saying that it's due to um, Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. That is partially due to why the show was so successful. It's because it, in, it gave the show a unique feel, an aesthetic. You know, for how how perfect is that, right? On a, um, what is it like? Um, oh, I forgot. I lyrics go. Damn. Um. Damn it. I think I think another lyrics you're on about. Oh, yeah. um, on a gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black goat coat, goat coat goat. with a red right hand. Yeah. I mean, Killian Murphy is the goat, but um, yeah. I think it's perfect and. I love how like self-referential the show actually becomes when, you know, when they they play in the song and um, they meet. I think it's Campbell meets with like these like I- Irish agents and they are called the Red Right Hand. Yeah. And the moment yeah. they say, you know, it's like ah, oh, you know, the Red Right Hand won't fail you. And then it, it plays um, you know, with a Red Right Hand. Oh my god, I I, lo- I loved it. It's laughable, but I love how it it acknowledges how. Outrageous! The music choice. Well, it, it, I love it. it, it, it uh, like, I like when I watch Sopranos. I do like the music choices because a lot of it is like obviously contemporary as well. Yeah, and most of it is quite contemporary. But like, even just like opening, uh, oh, Alabama, sequence. Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And, and the first lyrics are: "You woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Mama <laughs> always said you'd be the chosen one." And um, and and so I've never seen Sopranos. And and another That's one totally was Soprano. Right. Yeah, and, and it's like you woke up this morning, all the love has gone. Your papa never told you about right and wrong. So mm-hmm. it's very much about the kind of the anti hero yeah. kind of morally conflicted morally yeah. kind of uh yeah, conflicted mm. gangster. So and I think a lot of the sort of like um music choices for PE blinders, which makes it exceptional, is that um, I think a lot of the um, Arctic Monkeys AM album is very. It's um, it's it's meant to be rock, but it's more. Um, oh, I want to say it's more not angsty, but it's very. Um, it's lamenting, mm. you know, about yeah. like love's lost and stuff, which yeah. you know, it it fits Tommy's personality very well. Well, I remember he's, he's um... always brooding. He he is the epitome of like a brooding, like fella. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, well, I remember Lazarus being played. Oh God, when Tommy's yeah. recovering in the hospital, and it's yeah. just, and it's a it's a sad song because it's Bowie's writing it, knowing he's dying. So yeah. well, um, that is a couple of months after he died, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exceptional. I loved it when they are preparing to um, to go to the Nazi rally in in series five. They're playing War Dogs by um, yeah Black Sabbath. Yeah, it, that, it, by it, yeah, it's um, it's that uh, it's 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 really really good. I mean, there wasn't much. Uh, I did kind of miss some of the some of the use of songs in the last series because it felt like it wasn't much used. Yeah, but when they were used, they were pretty good songs. To be honest, they, they. I mean, they did use a lot of like the original soundtrack as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I, they, incorpor- I feel is really they incorporated good. a lot of because they had a lot some um, artists like add more music, like yeah. make their, bring their music kind of make the feel of like. Yeah. Um, um, I can't remember what the track is, but I think it's not Lawman. It's uh, where's my phone? Is it You're Not um, God Yet? Yeah, that's it. That is that is yeah. used so much in the, the last like... two series. Woo-woo. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Woo-woo. 
I love that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. You got bang on there. Um, <laughs> so, um, what would you say? What would you say? You give your final rating for series six, the final um, season. I'd say, um, as I said, you know, like the narrative was very um, uneven. But I, I did feel a lot of the things which I had misgivings on in the early part of the series, I feel were evened out and like massaged out with some of the like reveals and some of the plot twists. Yeah. I feel they landed very well. Um, where the characters ended up, I feel was very good. How Tommy especially ended up was um I, I re I agree I agreed with it. Um that's why I'll give it an eight out of ten. Okay, so um, I feel like with a series, I feel like, I think it was really, really good still. Um, the final episode deserved what it was. And I think it, in the day, a lot of people were worrying about the final episode wasn't going to, obviously, it wasn't going to, um, you know, uh, it be executed well. Yeah. I feel like it was going to be a little bit of a mess. Uh, but I, I, I think it was absolutely brilliant. I think it was, it was a great ending to, the series as a whole and the show and a good setup for the film. Yes, there were some things maybe I was like, oh, maybe the kind of bit, kind of plots or narrative choices I can be a bit different. But overall, I feel like at the end of the day, it's, it's some great writing. Stephen Knight, um, he you know he's shown he's a remarkable writer for his generation, mm. and um, how are we able he's a great a great conflicting character like Tommy Shelby. And and the like the you know the set design, the use of music, the, oh, the, yeah. the cinematography it was so good in the show. And yeah, I feel I'm gonna give this. Um, I'm gonna give this actually. Um, I'm gonna give this a eight point five out of ten. Nice in my opinion. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. No, but it's it's such a you know I w- I wouldn't say this is an awful series. Like it's not oh, a Game God, of Thrones no. level. Final episode, final series, bad. No, no, but it's I, not. Re- I really feel that you know, as I, as I as I say, like a lot of like my misgivings and a lot of like sort of like what? Do, do, do you know like, how they they introduced his illness? You know, in the series, I was like, oh, that's that's really weird. But then there was there was reasons for it. Yeah, you know? was, yeah, like, there was reasons, but I feel like sometimes it could be like placed in like better in like other time like exactly. durations yeah, during yeah. during the. Um, the episodes in the series, yeah. but you know it's 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 yeah. such a good such a good show. Plot wise, as we were saying, you know, there's too many plots going on. I had mm. serious um, series uh, series three vibes going on. Then again, I really did like uh, series three. Not my favorite. It was by it was by far, you know, it was a good series. It wasn't great like the first couple, but it was good. And but I, I really feel like yeah, as how the characters left off. I would have loved something at the end with Arthur, but you can't have everything. I, for my opinion, I, I really feel like liked it. I feel like series five. Um, I think, my opinion, that's the weaker season. I think, mm. um, but I feel like what they went through different routes in series five, and that's what anti uh, uh, Barney who directed the last two series. That's what the, the idea was, where it was going to go. But I feel like at times it was quite slow with series five. Yeah. Uh, again, you start getting this whole, like so many different other plots happening and stuff like that. Um, 
but then oh, it feels like you're coming out of series four, which was just like, you know, the peak of like Peaky Blinders, where you had like constant action, you know, yeah. like, uh, like, um, you know, you got Tommy Guns shoots in the streets and stuff like that. You know, you got the Italian mafia. And then it starts going around to like, okay, this has become less actiony, more kind of political conflict. Mm, yeah. So I feel like that's when it kind of has a little drop. But looking at it now, I can see why, because obviously he was trying to make it more kind of like, more political conflict. Thomas Shelby becomes MP, OBE. He starts becoming like more department. So you're going to have that political conflict. But so it felt like... are we saying that by the time the film comes around, he's going to be the king? <laughs> probably not. He's probably a politician. But yeah. But then he's dead. So hmm. I don't know how they're going to work that out. To be he's going to be I... like in the Secret Service sort of thing. You know, Probably. he's going to be like a spy, isn't he? Yeah, it's going to be a lot um, of like espionage stuff. Okay. This, the film. What do you think is going to happen for the film? I feel like I feel like they should just leave Oswald Mosley now because yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's been like the villain for mm. the past two series. I, I think there should like be that. like a plot with he. Maybe he's working in tandem with like a few like Nazis and stuff who are trying to like I don't know overthrow like the government during the war, maybe. At this time, I think Tommy should be like, yeah, like he's a spy working in Churchill's inner circle. So he is essentially like in the war cabinet. I, I think, think that's should... really good. I think like the whole with Jack, uh, Uncle Jack, I think that would disappear. He doesn't think you need Uncle Jack. In the yeah, film. yeah. Um, or maybe but... he'll just be like, he he's essentially helping, like he's changed his ways. He, like the, the president's told him off and said, look, we cannot be, you know, cozy enough to fascist anymore. You've got to buck your ideas up. You've got to work against them now. So he is reluctantly working with Tommy. You know, they're like liaising with like the British and the, and the United States government. And in a, so in a way, Tommy can be a bit maybe like, I don't know, smug that he is one in a way. Yeah. I, something like that, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of espionage and, you know, yeah. working behind the scenes and stuff like that. I feel like there's going to be like a, a, a there's obviously going to be a villain for the film. Um, yeah. I don't think it's good. It's going to be like a villain that Tommy has to fight and defeat. Yeah, because you can't have fighting Oswald Mosley again. Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They start bringing Hitler into it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like everyone's obsessed with like Rowan Atkinson coming in and playing Hitler, which I don't think is going to happen now. No, that, that is a good casting though. It's I, really I, good. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was disappointed when they didn't film anything in. Nazi Germany. Yeah, we, we didn't see anything in Germany, which is no. yeah, that that was a bit of a disappointment. But oh well, it's um might happen in the film, you know. Yeah, yeah. G so, Gina Gray, she's meant to be like or like causing up to the the Germans. Why not include her as like the, the spy or something? She wants revenge could on do. Tom, uh, Tom yeah. for killing uh Michael. That could be it, yeah. Yeah. But then again, you don't have too much going on, do you? Like... Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody for uh, listening. We really hoped you enjoyed uh, us talking about everything uh, uh, Peaky Blinders related stuff. Uh, get uh, I picked up some new some of that Peaky Blinder gin. I need to try it actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm um, um, I'm currently on a Peaky Blinders whiskey, the Irish whiskey, which is actually oh nice, quite nice. It's a quite it's nice, yeah, pretty good, yeah. That's good, yeah. I had I had to have a, like I had to have like a, like an ale. Or like a whiskey when I watched the each episode. To oh, nice! Get into yeah. the mood. There's just me with my buddy cap on, <laughs> and like <laughs> nice. you know drinking 
cigarette one hand, nah, I don't smoke anymore. But like, you know, um, the whiskey cap on, you know, it's just like getting ready for the yeah, you've got to get into it, yeah, getting ready <laughs> for the next awesome. episode of um, Piggy Blinder. So, um, yeah, so thank you everyone for listening. We hope you uh, enjoyed. Uh, as I said, follow us on our numerous platforms uh, we are on um, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Uh, it's all in, in our link tree anyway. And uh, next week, we are going to be reviewing The Northman, the new Robert Eggers film. And uh, I mean, me, you, me, we in the Coffee Cast love Robert Eggers. So, yeah. and his film has done it really well, apparently, critically. Um, but. But yeah, that's it. So I hope everyone has a great Easter weekend and we'll see you on the next Hobby Coffee Cast. By order of the Piggy Blinders. Bye-bye. By order of the Piggy Blinders. Bye-bye. <laughs>